Again, thank you for listening to the Unpopular Opinions show. Yoshili T Storm and DJ Mike Swift. And we have a special guest, uh, real brother, Romney Malco, coming up right now. I think um, you need to say clearly what happened. Who gives a fuck? I can't be personally kick Candace Owens and her stinky cray cray. I know this is going to be a lot of no, Let's keep this shit funky. What's up, family? What's up, sir? Come How on, you doing? Brother. I'm good, man. I'm very good. Thank you for asking. How about y'all? We're well. Thank you for joining us, man. I really appreciate you coming on with us, man. It's my pleasure. You know, it's just my pleasure, man. So, full disclosure, fun. Um, I see that we're both from Brooklyn. Yeah. So, so, so big up. We have a we have a a, a good friend in common, um, Isabella. Oh, uh, I'm uh, with it. That's, that's the homie. That's the homie. Yeah, absolutely. So that's. Isabella. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> My Jerican sister. <laughs> I know, right? The, 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 it's so crazy. German, Puerto Rican. And when I, when I met her, I really thought that was unique. But then I started realizing that actually it's common. There's a lot yeah. of German, Puerto Ricans out there. Really? Um, yeah, man. I, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, I, I didn't know. I've, I've never met anyone other than, than Izzy that was... That had that combo. German. I've met probably in my little time that I, you know, I left New York in 2014, mm-hmm. but in my time there, I probably met four or five other people that were like that. And I thought to myself, well, damn, what is the pipeline? Where is that link happening? But then right. again, I realized that Puerto Ricans end up everywhere, just like Trinidadians. Right, right. Just like Brooklyn people. <laughs> Brooklyn people too. Yeah, yeah, it's true. Man, Brooklyn is so distinct, bro. It's so distinct. There's a Brooklyn culture. And you, at least from my era, so I'm 51. When I meet people from Brooklyn, they usually don't even have to say they're from Brooklyn. It's just a matter of time before I pick it up. Got you. Got you. Okay. Well, uh, Mike is um, is an Atlanta, you know, to the heart. Not he, from you Brooklyn. Know, <laughs> he and I worked together back in Atlanta. We were on the air together back at, at Hot 107.9. Well, Formerly not 97.5. And uh, we, we decided to start doing this because we had the greatest show that never happened. It's so understood. The Unpopular Opinion Show. And uh, thank you for, again for joining us, man. Nah, man, definitely, man. How did y'all put it together? What y'all decide to do? I mean, did y'all say, yo, we could, from, from before quarantine, y'all were like, yo, we going to do this from uh, we have been talk- We have been talking. We have been talking and, and discussing and, and then like seeing the need, one, the need for, for content that was out there. And, you know, uh, uh, just the desire to, to do this again. We have such great, you know, chemistry together. And the conversations he and I have, you know what I'm saying, it, it kind of goes can go anywhere. So it's been cool. It's been and, and pretty it, interesting it, from it, what I've heard. And y'all have it always decided that you were going to... I'm sorry, go ahead, Mike. My bad. No, I was saying it, it usually does go anywhere. Um, and to, to your question... Back when we did radio, we I think it was one weekend, we just kind of sat in on each other's show and we had a great time. So we was like, hey, let's do a show together. And the PD at the time said, yeah, no. He shut right, it down. Right. right. <laughs> so we, we moved on in life and then and came back together. Uh, and basically, we just, uh, we don't talk all week. We get together on Saturday and we talk about everything that that's been happening throughout the week, uh, right before you checked on or, or logged in, we were talking about Mike Tyson and Roy Jones getting in the ring together to, to fight an exhibition fight. 
<laughs> See, what, what do you think about that? Um, look, man, I really love, you know, the sport. I like the ideas of the, of, of the, of, of the vets, you know, being in shape and getting in there and throwing down. There's a, another part of me that's afraid that they're going to get in there and try to prove something and somebody's going to end up getting really hurt. Um, you know, I mean, I just never forget, yo, the, the Antonio Tarver knockout of Roy Jones. Cool. Right. I personally believe that when Roy Jones came down from his weight after fighting Ruiz, he was never the same fighter. Um, in fact, I even have a feeling that had Roy Jones stayed at that weight, um, he might've sustained his winning streak a bit longer, but he would have eventually met his match because he isn't the biggest heavyweight, you know? Right. But there's... Uh, a whole different concern now when you have these two guys going into the ring. Uh, I, 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 I'm, I'm, I'm a little concerned that someone could actually get hurt trying to prove something. That's what yeah. I'm saying. I'm going to leave it at that. You know, I'm a Roy Jones fan in my heart. I'm a Mike Tyson fan. Um, you know, but there's, you know, <laughs> when, when, when you get to a certain age, right? Yeah. You, the mind is willing, but the body is it. You know what I'm saying? Dude. Listen, <laughs> I, so I have a three-year-old. I have two grown sons, 21 and 23. And me and, my wa- me and my wife, we had a, you know, when I got married, I was a single father initially. And then I got married and my wife was like, oh, we, I want a baby. So we had a baby and she still wants more, but that's a whole another discussion. But in any case, my three-year-old says to me, hey, um, let me see you do a cartwheel. And I go, all right, yeah, I could do it. Let me show you. I'm going to teach you how to do it. And I do the cartwheel. Perfect form. Flip over, whoop, whoop, whoop. And I felt things in my leg go. (laughs) When I got up, I was like, that is the last time in life I will ever attempt to do that ever again. Dude, my niece asked me to do a bridge the other day, and they almost had to get me in a hospital. (laughs) Look, and that's where I'm going. Even remember, remember the fight Pacquiao and... Uh, remember the fight of pa- Pacquiao and uh, De La Hoya? And De La Hoya was realizing, he's like, you know, I'm just kind of getting to that point where it's like, you know, the mind knows what to do, but the, the body at this age is, the body that doesn't necessarily want to execute. Right. Not able to. Not able to. You got, yeah. you got really strong guys in there. You got, you know, you went there with a guy that can, you know, put a dude in a coma, you know, with a missed punch. He's put people in a yes. coma with a missed punch punch yeah right that, that i'm just a little worried that you know this could now, end badly how many rounds is it supposed to be mike do you, you eight, know eight it's eight it's rounds be, yeah eight, eight rounds? rounds yeah Woo. if it was three <laughs> rounds ex- 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 exhibition, do it right three do rounds. three yeah oh. and and tyson Look. never really he was never really trying to go beyond three rounds in the first place he wanted to get in there and knock you out yeah and, and he wasn't a distance fight done with it so Good yeah so now, to, to Jones's credit, he's still been in the ring. Okay. He's not, you know, Jones has been fighting, right? So um, maybe that will help, you know, a little bit. But I don't know, man. I, I like these dudes going on. I, I love Mayweather's quote of like, I'm going to retire from boxing. Boxing ain't going to retire me. Yeah. I, I, I love that. And I feel like every time these dudes do this, they put themselves in a predicament where they could potentially, re- you know, be retired by boxing. Yeah, it's you know, I, I'm enough enough respect to to guys who 
MMA guys, professional uh, boxers, those guys who get punched and kicked in the face for a, a living. But it's super dangerous when you're in your prime and, and, and fit to get to 54, 51. And, and you want to get in there and throw punches and get hit in the head? Uh, you know, it's not worth it in my opinion. No, See, that's no, why I, go ahead. That's why that's why older dudes carry pistols. And nah, <laughs> I ain't trying to tussle with you. But, yeah, it's real, <laughs> man. It's so funny too because um, you know, the, the, these dudes uh were very unique specimens in my personal opinion. I'm just gonna keep it 100. Mm-hmm. This you this is coming from a Roy Jones fan. Roy Jones went to the Olympics, clearly won the Olympics despite being robbed, and, right. pr- and proved that he was the dude to deal with and has carried on a career to do so as well. But the difference between Mike Tyson and Roy Jones, in my per- personal opinion, is that Roy Jones was such a freak of nature that he didn't have to cling to the fundamentals in the way in which Tyson did. Tyson really is a product of labor and hard work and repetition and that customado style of training. He's a product mm-hmm. of that. That will always be ingrained in him to a degree. Roy Jones's ability came from this freak of nature speed, you know, alien-like, you know, quickness and 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 and, and reflex alien-like reflexes. And I'm like, once those diminished, kind of so did his career. Mm. Right? Right. I'm, not talk, I'm not talking about his bankroll. I'm just saying in regards to like the opponents he faced, you know, he, he was just easier to knock out. You know, uh, he wasn't the same specimen. He wasn't able to land the punches in the way he was. Where Mike Tyson's still a, a product of the discipline. He's still, he's still, you know, so he's just, and even if Roy Jones said, okay, I'm older now, I've got to lock more into the, you know, the fundamentals. Mike Tyson's been locked in those fundamentals a lot longer. Yeah. His and entire he career. Look, he still looks dangerous. Like seeing them work out and seeing them throwing them. It still looks dangerous. Now, I tell my boys what I'm going to tell you. I don't really let a clip convince me of nothing. I'm not going to let some edited clips Damn. convince me of nothing. Because if we go by edited clips, then we all believe that Conan McGregor beat the hell out of Pauli Mal- Malinaji, right? <laughs> right, right. I, I, I don't go by clips, so I don't really believe that. Right. And so that being said, uh, I'm not going to go by the clips, but what, what I will go by is by the pedigree. I will, I will go by the history and the training, the existing evidence outside of the memes and the nice quick clips, because right. look, not saying that you can't execute Mike Tyson can't execute those, but the, the skill of boxing is to execute that same thing, you know, 300 times throughout a fight. Right. Yep. That, that first one might've looked good, but it's exhausting to use your legs, get that torque, get in there and dig. You know what I mean? Follow through, get you an angle and dig again. You doing that 20, 30 times in a fight, in a round. That's a whole different thing. And like when you do that, the percentage of those that actually click, that actually land is what determines who wins a fight. I'm concerned. I'm just keeping it real. I'm concerned that you're dealing with someone who hasn't been uh, in, uh, necessarily a master of, of, of the fundamentals versus someone right. who was built on fundamentals getting in the ring and a lot of damage being done. That's all I'm going to say. I'm going to leave it at that. 
And so you heard it first. <laughs> Romney says uh, Jones is going to get his ass whooped. I'm saying. <laughs> um, I, 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 I love Jones. I love Jones, but I really don't know if this is the right matchup. Keeping it 100. Look, it's I would. It's I the would, skill versus ahead, talent thing. It's the skill versus talent thing, right? It's, Just yeah. what you're saying is yeah. Mike Tyson is has developed that skill. Uh, Roy was really kind of riding on talent, and you got got to see that kind of degrade as as his career uh, moved forward. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and and so who knows what Mike Tyson's stamina was? Because in reality, Mike Tyson was most effective in those first, you know, three to five. I've heard him. Yeah, I've, I've heard him say he wanted to get out because he has asthma. So yeah. his point was to get in there and knock you out, like to get it right. over quick. Oh, okay, yeah, 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 and, and be done. He wasn't, you know, because he worked. You, like watching, because I'm a fan of Tyson as well, watching him in the latter rounds, mm-hmm. he's still dangerous, but he wasn't moving like he was in the first and second round. Like, you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. that. No, no, man. I, I have old footage of this brother when he was 19. It's like mm-hmm. being, it's like being grabbed by a shark. Like he had cartilage in his back. It was just <laughs> craziness. And, yeah, yeah. And, and, and though these clips that they're showing look good, Mike, the real Mike Tyson is, you know, 10 times faster. Real Mike right. Tyson is, is 10 times more agile. Ten, you know, his reflexes are crazy. He was 10 times more dangerous. So, you know, who knows? Maybe everything will be all right. I, I just hope that these brothers go in there with some love and understand that they both have families to go home to. And, <laughs> right. and don't be in there trying to prove stuff. I heard Tyson say the other day, I don't, I don't know halfway. Me being a brother who don't know halfway, I kind of like fear. I, I get a little scared. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so, yeah. I can take it, man. Yeah. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Okay, so let's get on topic. No, no. I'm sorry about that. Yeah, no problem. No, I appreciate that. No, so let's talk about, let's talk about first of all, Tijuana Jackson. The, from the character, so okay, from from the prison logic, mm-hmm. clips, clips from prison logic, it's hilarious. I, I saw the I saw the interview he did, well that he did with the uh, um, Think Like a Man cast, hilarious. How did Tijuana Jackson come about? Man, I just wanted to educate people, young people who grew up like me, you know, people who were living in communities that pretty much underserved and. Uh, denied of an education. You know how it is in the United States. If you grow up and you're not over a certain you know, economic class, you just don't get a fair education. You don't get anyone telling you about the importance of, 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 you know, of, of financial management, uh, of, of personal finance, uh, you know, business finance, entrepreneurship. You don't, get, you don't get that insight into what it really means to succeed. You don't get, that in, you don't get those access to, uh, un, uh, to things they will teach you about personal development, uh, the importance of resol- you know resolving how to maintain business relationships you know and 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 develop a peace of mind help you distinguish the difference between achieving or attaining things versus attaining fulfillment you don't get that education so you got grown ass men walking around with this juvenile ass perspective of what it means to succeed they got they've got this indoctrination that's happening that that they've learned through the television and America's indoctrination and so as a result of that they think that success is the acquisition of things social status and monetary gain all three of which are synonymous with debt and mm-hmm. that pretty much explains our society as a whole. Everybody trying to succeed and more broke than they was when they started out. So I wanted to I wanted to help these young adults coming into the world, being targeted by these credit card companies and all that. I wanted to help them get an upper hand by giving them information. However, at the time, I felt like because when I was growing up, if you wasn't from the street, I didn't really want to hear nothing from you. And I felt like, I you. you know, making this character 
and making them laugh would be the way that I would get them listening to me because they look at me and think that I was born with a silver spoon in my mouth and I'm corny and they might not want to hear what I have mm. to say. So the character was my, you know, and the humor was my Trojan horse to get the eyes and ears of the people that I wanted to hit with some heavy shit. Yeah, yeah. definitely. There's there's what? medicine in the candy. And yeah. why why are you laughing? You're actually learning some shit. Like I, I, there was a there was a clip there's a clip I saw where he uh, he started talking about the a, a girl a Hawaiian girl he was dating uh, and oh Kalika the about, Yes, and it goes with <laughs> how many she asked how many you know how many women I've been with. Her. I said fifteen to twenty. And she asked her the same question. She said one hundred to twenty three. The description that goes on, I'm in stitches. Dude, and what's funny is, you know, people hear these stories, they don't understand. This is my real life. Like, a lot of the shit I'm talking about is real friggin' life. I literally was with a girl who was born in Hawaii, and she was she was mixed. She was Hawaiian, and she was uh, uh, Filipino. And she really told me that shit. (laughs) And I... Uh-huh. No, the number, that actual number, she said 123? With a point. She's like, you would be number 123. Just like that. Like, like she shot. <laughs> Nigga. My <laughs> dick went to a coma. And my nuts got real cold. <laughs> I jumped up and ran to the bathroom. And I looked in the hamper. Um, there's another time, like, he's telling a story where he's like, when they got to the prison, uh, the prison was so crowded. When they got to the county jail, it was so crowded. They put seventy-three of us to sleep on the roof of the fucking jail. That's that's that. This is fresh out of my life, fam. This is me. Oh my god! Yeah. Wow. So, um, a lot of times people don't really even know how much truth this shit is based in, and they over there crying. <laughs> that's. I mean, so I, I I was watching a lot of the clips, um, and. It, it was, I think it was one you did for Laugh Out Loud or, or, or you did for Laugh Out Loud. It was like 12 of them in the series. Oh, that, yeah. And that, that, I, I think I did those for a company called, um, I forgot the name of the company, but they're called Loud Advice. Yes. So mm-hmm. I started watching and I'm telling you, I was laughing my ass off on the first like three. Mm-hmm. Everything else after that, it was still funny, but the information was so real. Right. It was some real good stuff in there that I wanted to hear the information. I was like, it's fun that it's put in a fun way, but I walked away from it with a lot of stuff. Are we going to see that in the movie? That's the formula that I I can't abandon that. Uh, You know, look, man, for me, look, this movie is black owned. Keeping it 100. I own this movie. I don't only own this movie. I didn't use any Hollywood money. I didn't have to alter any language. The point of this whole movie is to really use it as a tool to educate people. And if I were to keep it 100, I didn't make it for black people. I made it for poor people when I first started. When mm-hmm. I first started, I was making this for poor people. I grew up in the projects and trailer parks and lower, you know, lo- lower middle class uh, you know, communities. And like, and I lived in the Caribbean and as a kid and went to school in the Caribbean as a kid. And it was really clear to me. So that, you know, that what we are, when you're poor in America, you get a poor education. And when you are uh, poor in other countries, you still get an amazing education. And so it's, it's our job to educate. And unfortunately, I don't feel like media, most people's higher education in America comes from media. And I don't think that they've been responsible. So there's no way I'm going to deviate from the formula of utilizing this vehicle, this you know, this person everybody loves and endears and laughs at and thinks is hilarious to translate 
necessary messages, meaningful messages. And I'm not just trying to, it's not a preachy movie. The goal really is to get you in the theta state, the same way you're sitting watching a sitcom in theta state, vegging out, the family comes downstairs, they eat breakfast, and you think you automatically assimilate that into your own life. You don't even realize it, but you've just been programmed to interpret you know, a family sitting at a table eating cereal together um, as a mark of a happy family, not knowing that that was government funded and incentivized because of the food industry lobbying, you know, to have more things like that included in programming. People ain't even aware of it. So I'm like, okay, we've used media to pimp people and mislead people. You sit down and eat cereal every morning, you're going to get a fatty liver. You know, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And yeah, we're, doing, yeah. we're doing that to our kids. Our kids want that shit. The minute they get that programming, the most impressionable of us all, once they get that programming, it's hard to wean them off of that. So my job is to, is to stick to the formula of utilizing this exact same medium to program uh, some more positive, but not only positive, effective, applicable messages mm -hmm. and tools and lessons and insights for people like us who have pretty much hook, line, and sink have been, you know, bamboozled in regards to what it actually means to achieve fulfillment and happiness in this country. Man, that's what's up, man. I, and I, that's, I'm glad you're doing that. I mean, somebody, there needs to be more content like that out there. I think um, not, not only in, in film and media, but also within music. You know I mean? You understand what the, you know, the messaging and the music has changed from, from our days coming up. There, were, there was more variety and you know, and positive message. It wasn't not just gangster shit, but even the gangster shit had some messaging to it. You know, what I mean, it wasn't always about partying. Same thing, you know, to apply in uh, in film and television as well. So right, but that's the problem is that we don't have any equity. We don't really have any say or ownership, and that's the problem right yep. there. In order to even get the black film distributed or the black film accepted and distributed by the studio, you have to appeal to the studio, the gatekeepers at the studio. Which means, I'll give you a prime example. One of the things that would have been a real problem for me with my movie going through a studio was they would have wanted me to tone the language down. I saw a rating the other day and they were like, we do not recommend it for kids. And the reason that it has an NR rating is because it has 70 something F-bombs. It's got this, it's got that, it's that. I don't recommend it for kids. I didn't make it for kids, right? Let somebody else entertain the children. Right, like, right. I entertain my kids, do young. And the reason that... Um, uh, going to a studio would have been just weird irony is because they would have made me tone down the language. But why? They would have said so that we could reach a broader audience. But then because of the fact that I'm a black lead, they would have only distributed it to urban America, domest domestically to urban America. So I would have been like, where's the broader audience? What happened? Mm -hmm. That's the irony. That's the contradiction. That's the trap. That's the loop. And so mm -hmm. one of the things that I'm hoping that I demonstrate, you know, with this project and, you know, we, we can't really predict where it goes, but I'm hoping to demonstrate to people that, um, you know, we can take ownership and we can utilize platforms out there to self-distribute and get our messages out. Whether I look, I still have a I still have two YouTube channels, you know, and we can use our messages to get out there and really make a difference in people's lives and start programming people in a way that actually creates better, more conscious and self-aware people. YouTube, you mentioned YouTube. YouTube is is really starting to crack down on language that they just don't like, right? Mm -hmm. um, and I, I was checking out your some of your pep stuff, mm -hmm. which is absolutely amazing. Thank I mean, you, just 
it was the it was the one on um uh white supremacy ingrained in the in the uh police. how white, white white supremacists have infiltrated law enforcement and the judiciary dude <laughs> i was like okay let me get on let me get on my research cuz I, I i mean real talk it was a lot of stuff in there that i had no idea about and what i loved that it wasn't just you speaking your opinion you were citing fbi documents you were citing department of justice documents it was a lot of really great information in there and i'm i'm going to have to go and, and look and read those documents to get the full breadth of everything cuz uh you know, you can't say everything in 14 minutes, but um, to, how, how are you with everything that's going on right now with YouTube kind of shutting down that type of language and those conversations needing to, to be had? How are you navigating that? Well, look, a couple of things. Um, one is uh, the first thing I want to say about YouTube, uh, you know, about that, that particular video was that I always do research. Even Tijuana Jackson stuff is always researched. Uh, you can actually look as far as like that video and the videos that I make on my channel, you can actually look in all the links to all the data and where that data comes from. The FBI reports, Homeland Security reports, Department of Justice reports, they're all right there below that. That's the first thing. Um, the other thing that I want to say is that uh, since Adpocalypse and what I, you know, Adpocalypse is basically after PewDiePie uh, was accused of making anti-Semitic remarks and, yep. all, and all the mm -hmm. advertisers started backing out of YouTube. Uh, right, right. At that point, they shut down Tijuana Jackson's channel. They didn't shut it down, but they demonetized everything and they stopped sending out notifications. No problem. I shut down all my Tijuana Jackson videos. I was like, hell, uh, people ain't just going to be watching this for nothing. So I shut it down and I was like, I'm not going to, I'm done with, I'm no longer in the business of building followings on platforms that then marginalize my outreach to those platforms. There needs to be mm -hmm. some type of reciprocity, right? right. So. I shut it down. Since then, YouTube has had a major change in which they're like, okay, if you have controversial, if you have controversial uh, topics, we're going to let the advertiser decide whether or not they can advertise on, you know, on your, whether or not they want to advertise on your platform. And right, right. so certain ones will have limited, it will be limited products. They wouldn't allow you to like advertise a children's product on Tijuana Jackson, but you can advertise, you know, Axe body spray. Right. Um, mm -hmm. And so, at that point, once those laws were passed and I read those, I was like, okay, so I, and it happened, the timing happened to be perfect for Tijuana Jackson's movie. I then made my stuff available on YouTube once again. Um, as far as what's going on now, where if you, if you contradict the WHO, you know, the uh, uh, World Health Organization, YouTube, Vimeo, Facebook, and all these people shut you down. If you contradict Fossey, uh, they shut you down. If you contradict the CDC, they shut you down. That's a whole different ball game. That, honest to God, I'm not really prepared to contend with on YouTube, and I don't really look to YouTube like that. If you notice in the video that you watched, I wasn't telling people to ring the like button or nothing. I was telling them to follow me on the pep, and I can yeah. get anywhere between 700 to 245 people a day asking to join or for a, 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 a invite to the pep. And what the pep is. It's an app that I created for myself that basically allows me to uh, identify or, or to, to have my followers follow me there so I own my ownership. I don't have to email them. I don't have to text them. I can notify them directly through the app. It's called Pet Pager. And so if you follow me on Facebook, when I post something to Facebook, I can notify you. You no longer have to scroll through all the noise on Facebook to see what I posted. 
actually the link that I send you takes you directly to my post on Facebook. You can then swipe back and you'll be right back in my app for whatever the next notification is for whatever other content creator you create. This is the type of stuff when I keep talking about black ownership, I keep talking about, it's not about, it's not just about, you know, spending and supporting black companies. It's about black companies figuring out a way to capture black dollars, meaning We can't just feel entitled because we're black to earn black dollars. We have to actually be innovative. We have to actually create things uh, and things that are not inferior products, right? Right. And we have to find a way to service the needs of our communities. And that's, you know, to me, that that's one of the one of the uh, many ways in which we can really empower ourselves. So that, that, you know, that's how I'm contending with it is that you don't never hear me in a video being on some old, oh, please follow me, please. No, no, no. Just hit me up on the pet. <laughs> that's my thing. And I'd rather have, what I've learned is, here's the real deal. If having, this is, this is just, this is just fact. Having 10,000 followers on the pet is actually more empowering than having 400,000 followers on Facebook. And here's the Mm. basic breakdown of that. Or YouTube. Facebook is going to give me access to about 1.6% of my following. Yep. So 1.6%. So that means if I have 400,000 followers, that Mm -hmm. means that 4,600 of those followers are actually going to see my post. Wow. That's what it means, right? So let's think about that. Of that, maybe 10 to 20% of them will actually engage. However- And that's high. 10 to 20% is ambitious. That's high. That's extremely high because engagement usually ranges around 0.7 to 4%. Real talk. It's about three quarters of a percent. For real. But I'm just trying to give you the best case scenario so it doesn't seem like I'm pumping the pep. If I notify (laughs) 10,000 people on the pep, 99% of those people click that, see that link and click that link. Wow. Yes. That's dope. Exactly. And so that's the point is that we really have to go, why are we okay with putting in so much work on, which is why, what's the first thing I ask y'all? Yo, how y'all set this up, fam? What y'all, did y'all decide yeah. that you was going to be in Atlanta? That's what interests me. I want to know what technology you're using. Maybe I could do it. You've got me thinking maybe I could do a podcast with somebody in another country. You know what I mean? And, and like mm-hmm. me and an, me, an African brother living in England can sit and share stories and ideas. Oh, y'all are doing it. Y'all in two different states. That's why I'm asking. Because this is the shit that actually matters. The tolerance of our audiences is about to shift dramatically as we, you know, continue to endure, you know, the the shifts that are occurring in the economy and the way in which we receive content because of COVID-19. Right. So we should capitalize on the fact that we don't need these slick over-the-top productions anymore. Audiences are willing to tune in to the most low-scale thing as long as it is quality content. Absolutely. We hate to pause the conversation right here, but we got to break it up. Stay tuned. More with Romney Malco coming up in part three. I know this is going to be unpopular, and I don't care.